Hey everyone, it's me, Sean Capri. Welcome to The Second Cup, the tag-along podcast to A Cup of Joe and Nintendo, where we dive deeper into the games and topics you care about the most. This time, Garrett Bland from twitch.tv slash blandexplosion and PSVG's Nintendo Shack podcast joins me to carry a heavy burden and wield the Monado to save the world in Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition by developer Monolith Soft. Somewhere along the lines, we do give a fair warning of our spoiler-free conversation is coming to an end, so the first part is completely spoiler-free, but for those of you who have completed the game, we're going full spoilers on the back half, so with that said, please enjoy our review discussion and then spoiler discussion of Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition for Nintendo Switch. Well, there was the time where you're like, I'm at whatever chapter it was. Like, you seem like impossibly far away. And I don't even know how I ended up getting the time to do it. But it's just sort of like magically happened where I think I had like one session where I was able to put like a longer than normal amount of time into it. Like maybe three and a half hours, like a full like nap for the kids. Yeah. Where I just was able to get a bunch of time into it. I'm like, I think I can do this, which probably set in way too early. If you really yeah. think about it, like, I think that was maybe, I don't know, 15 hours in. I'm like, I could make it. I'm like, dude, you got like 15 hours two, days, two days worth of games still still left to go. But I did yeah. it. I'm so, I'm so happy, man, because, um, and we might as well just kind of like get started here. Like when I yeah. saw the trailer, I think it was um, some sort of, uh, obviously not an Indies, but like some Nintendo Direct of some sort this it year. It was a Nintendo Direct, yes. And they did like the what essentially is like the intro to the game with the Mechonis and the Bionis like battling mm-hmm. each other. Like that was my I don't know, I guess I just missed the whole like setting of the game before. And I saw that and I'm like, I am all in on this. That is the coolest yeah. thing I think I've ever heard of. This is the coolest setup, man. Yeah, the premise is is really neat. Um I, I guess I didn't realize it much either. I knew it going into the 3DS version. Okay. Um, but like I don't know. This story just came became so much more later yeah. on. Yeah. Than than those two. Yeah, man. Well, I love like I love big mechs anyways, and this this concept of this endless battle that suddenly like I have to think about it though. Like if you and I were in were in this combat in this in this battle, what what error happens at like year twelve hundred <laughs> or like whatever however many years this thing was happening? What kind mm-hmm. of mistake do you got to go like ah oh, that's it. That was the one. Everything's been perfect. We've been pairing each other this whole time. And then, ah, dang. It's, That's it. it. It's sort of an interesting concept to think about. It's like this endless battle between these two. Uh, and like, you know, the whole setting in the beginning of the game is how like McConus is so oppressive, right? Yeah. Like so evil or, or in that setting, like mindless. I think mm-hmm. that's another kind of interaction i got in there it's like they're, they're robots they're being controlled by something and you're kind of knowing that for the first time <clears throat> and you're just trying to defend your colony yeah you, you, uh, with the homs and so that's that's the premise of the game and you and you try to predict where it goes from there yeah right i that's that's what i tried to do in the beginning it's like okay maybe we'll find some more homes and then we'll get together and we'll defeat the bad guy but it's like no 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 mm-hmm. you get ready for a smack dab of like character development story beats all throughout this this game that that takes you in a roller coaster yeah really. 
Well, some of my favorite games really of all time, like one of them for sure is like Mass Effect 2, which mm -hmm. and 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 even the, the original Mass Effect, like Bioware does this thing and all great games, all stories do this great thing where uh, where the hero or the protagonist goes up against like an immovable force, right? Where the Mechonists, like you look at that and go, these four, like there's no way that we can beat these guys. Like, yeah, yeah there's the Monado and like, sure, it's like pretty powerful, but like people are getting slaughtered all over the place and the numbers are insane and even just one of these things is an insane threat to anybody in the village and mm -hmm. it's like how are you supposed to overcome that and i feel like even if you even in the face of all odds which is a big theme of the game like you still have to the hero finds a way and i felt like that was really really strong throughout but i think it's pretty obvious at this point that like we're we're pretty positive on the game even the fact that we, like we completed it I think mm -hmm. for me is a big sign <laughs> that I actually <laughs> really, really enjoyed my time. But I'm getting the sense, too, from you that, like, overall, your thoughts are pretty positive on this one. Yeah, you finished a JRPG, Sean. I did it. I did it. Like, that's my JRPG of 2020, I think, is probably how go. it's going to... Uh, yeah, because I didn't even finish, like... I didn't even finish Fire Emblem, which I'm not sure if you'd really classify that as JRPG, but it, it sure is close if it's not. I mean, it's a, it's a lot more hour count than yeah. Xenoblade, I think, so... Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, man, I did it, and I, I think mainly because I liked it, and I was really kind of surprised. There was a lot of things that, at the early goings of, like, I wasn't sure about it, like the combat system, and, you know, right mm -hmm. even at, off the bat, and we'll keep this mostly, like, spoiler-free, and then we'll maybe jump over into a spoiler chat later, but you're sort mm -hmm. of... I was confused at the start in terms of, like, timeline, right? So the the uh, the, the premise is set up, the the Bionis, Mechonis, they, they battle, and then mm -hmm. they both die. They have the, the simultaneous, what is it, the um, simultaneous kill. Yeah, and, it's like the Power Rangers where they, like, yes! throw both swords <laughs> at the same time. Like, and you see explosions everywhere. I was mm -hmm. like, okay. <laughs> they both went for it. That was the only way that this was really, really going to work. You couldn't have, like, one, I guess, walk away from this. Because they're, uh, the, the final blows, the fatal blows, connect the worlds together. Where yes. there's actually almost like a like a bridge across from one to the other, and you're mainly uh, your journey will end up taking you from like all across the thing, and I knew going in, I knew Shulk really was like the one character that mm -hmm. I really knew, and it introduces with Dunban and Dixon and this uh, what's his name Mumkar Mumkar <laughs> yeah isn't that a name yeah well and I'm like these characters are over the top but also like how are they friends they're so they don't even look like they're from the same game like they're like Dunban is this like almost like classically trained just almost the sage wisdom he seems older than he is Seems Dick's, like a classical type yeah. of feeling to it. Yeah. He almost does. He have a cape. Like, does he have? Some yeah, sort he of does like, have a cape. Mm -hmm, he, long hair. He feels like a, a character from Fire Emblem, actually. And he originally has the Monado. Like, he's the yes. one who who you see kind of like battling with this. So I'm like, okay, well, this guy's probably gonna be wiped out, and and then things kind of get handed over. Mm. And I mean, he doesn't necessarily get wiped out, but like he doesn't have the Monado anymore, and that part was like kind of confusing. to me. <laughs> a little bit about why he doesn't why he doesn't really have that but the point i'm trying to make here is uh dunban i think super cool dixon looks like he's out of like a guns and roses like cover band yes. of some sort uh it, it looks like a pirate to me yeah and just like these like acid wash jeans like they're a little too tight and yeah. and some of the some of the especially right out of the gates like some of the dialogue was just kind of like a little bit off-putting i almost didn't make it through the intro because i'm like i'm not sure that i really signed up for this especially Mumkar mm. was a little 
too much. He had a little bit too much of the crazy eyes going on. He didn't really yeah. like the, the character design there. But luckily, at least for me, like that's kind of where it ended because the game introduces dozens and dozens of characters along the way. And I love them all. Like, I think that they were all great. But this, like, original kind of trio, it's like, ugh, I hate these guys. I really, <laughs> other than Dunman, I just hate Dixon and I hate Mumcar. They're just terrible to me. I don't know how you felt about the characters. I, I like they they kept those trio characters yeah. throughout the game. Yeah. And, and you just don't know. Yeah, I don't want to spoil too much. But mm-hmm. it's completely different motives what they're doing throughout the game. Um, and then they introduce so much more later on with companions um, and you're going through not knowing like their motivations and their side stories and their goals uh, behind this game or this this story this as well. Um, I love how they always relate to Shulk and and they they support Shulk mm-hmm. um, a lot throughout this game because they know Shulk has the potential to uh, have the power to overthrow Mekonis, Right? They he has this special ability, this Monado he's chosen for right mm-hmm. and like this is not much spoilers because it's very beginning of the game but dunban <coughs> can't control the monado quite all that well mm-hmm. and and we're, we're not quite sure why this this monado is so um special and yeah. then when shulk finds monado and holds it for the first time i think that's when it really opened up the game to me where yeah. it's like oh when i get this and i do gameplay with this monado that's the game yeah that 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 i'm thinking about well and i love it too because like there is like this aura about the monado everybody knows what it is everybody knows that it's powerful and it's like the secret weapon the only chance up against the mechanis and once like it, it has this this ability to provide visions into the future which is great as a like as a plot point as a as something that drives the story forward but what i thought was like really cool and i think again all great games do this is they build in something that is not you wouldn't think of this as a game mechanic. It seems almost like too <laughs> fantasy-ish where there are moments in the game where you go like where Shulk has a vision, it's due to the Monado, and like, cool. But it permeates into the combat system as well, where you can you can see that one of the one of the characters or one of the enemies is about to unleash something on either Shulk or mm-hmm. one of your one of your party members, and you can actually like do something about it. So they wrap the entire point of the game back up into the into the combat system and that's awesome because you never really have that that break in like well everything like this thing is super powerful and it has these special powers of future telling and everything but in battle you're basically going to be playing like a, a sword. It, yeah just a normal sword like any other jrpg but they bake it into it and i thought that was that was really special the way they handled the combat i'm not sure how you felt about the combat overall I totally agree with you on that i like how there was a lot of special abilities an extra layer with shulk as well because mm-hmm. um, he has his normal skills that that he kind of goes over, and then once he goes to the Monado, there's Monado skills. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love how in the game where you know uh, the Monado warns you of a monster attacking um, one of your companions or yourself, um, and then uh, it actually tells you, "It's like, hey, use this skill in order to block or to um, to dodge." Yeah, and I'm like, "Oh, okay." So I, I really need to make sure. I get my skill bar kind of up to make sure I get that that Minato skill taken mm-hmm. care of before they they really slaughter me uh, in this battle. So yeah. it's, it's well, a lot of careful timing. 
totally and and not like going all in it's sort of like the the bravely default kind of thing but on a totally different level where you almost want to save uh that little like the blue bar that kind of grows up (laughs) that allows you to either like chain some attacks together or even Mm -hmm. like revive a character there's so many different kind of strategies to the combat which i thought like immediately it didn't jump out at me that way because of the auto attack right where you'd engage in battle Mm -hmm. and you basically get close enough to the guy and you're going to swing your sword around that kind of fills up your your talent gauge to uh to then use the monado arts but really like you could you could really engage in a in a battle and not do anything you could just mm-hmm. swing your sword around and and if you're if you're powered up enough or leveled up enough you probably do okay and so at first i was like i don't know if i'm into this but i think anybody who i think you had mentioned this to me uh anybody who's like familiar with like an mmo plays like this like it, where you have like these special kind abilities of. that they're on a cooldown. Um, and then you kind of like want to deploy them at the right moment or even like the right position around the enemy. So I had two two in particular where one I needed to be alongside the enemy and one behind them. And those were like my most powerful attacks. I didn't really shake up my arts at all. Like basically what okay. they loaded me up with, like I don't know about you, if you really like get into maybe that's why near the end I had to flip it over to casual <laughs> mode because I didn't really have the right balance of arts or anything like that to make up for not being powerful enough. But I... um I, yeah, I didn't really, I didn't really change the the party or like my arts at all. I'm not sure if you 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 seem to like dive into that kind of thing though. Yeah, a little bit more. What's your party? What, what did you uh, mostly get together? It was, it was Ryan and and Sharla, like for the oh, like because okay. she's the healer. So and I felt like uh, Ryan was kind of a tank. So I I had that in the beginning as well, <clears throat> but I noticed like early on that I was pretty weak as well with mm-hmm. that party. And I'm not, I wasn't too sure why that was the case. Because I was thinking Rain was the tank and like all the monsters would attack him and not Shulk. And then yeah. Char- Charlotte was the healer. Yeah. Um, and that, <clears throat> and then I tested a little bit more uh, with other party members. Um, maybe I could talk to it when we get into spoilers. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but I think I got into a groove end game where I'm like, oh, this is how you play. Xenoblade. Oh, snap. Oh, so. man, I definitely need to find out what the heck that was. I just like it was working well enough until it wasn't. And I guess that's kind of the thing that is maybe a weakness in terms of how I play games. Like, I'm, I'm a little <laughs> terrified to just like break it. But at the same time, like I shouldn't have been because the game does a nice job to level up your entire party, even if you're not yep. using that character. So... Yeah, like if you like that where that's that's a problem in a lot of games where you're like you kind of get routed in where you're using a character and they're leveled up and you're kind of like, if I choose to shake it up, I've got to level up this character who's mm-hmm. been kind of sitting off to the side. But like Persona, it's mm-hmm. and I'm like, why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I got to grind now in order to get these people up to speed. Um, I like how everyone had the same level progression going on. Um what did you uh, think about like the arts itself, like trying to switch any specific arts with characters? Did you experiment a little? Um, did you have any strategy behind it with Rain and Sharla? Yeah, uh, I, yeah. I, and, you know, for a long time, it, it was maybe getting a little bit stale because I kind of locked in on like a particular pattern, right, to either enable some sort of like topple or daze or something like that. So there's a very specific order in which I would want to like deploy my deploy my arts especially for like chain attacks where i wasn't necessarily always going for damage i was mostly going to like disarm uh a particular enemy Mm -hmm. especially if it was uh if i was getting attacked at multiple angles so i could take out one of them just to manage like i do a little bit of crowd control in Mm -hmm. that way but uh yeah how about you man 
Um, I, I didn't do so much, uh, like experimentation. <clears throat> I wanted to try out different arts cause I kept getting new arts as I go along. I'm like, Oh, let's see if this will change anything into the gameplay mechanics. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got the same combo as you is, is the disarm and then daze or, or like, like put them down the green yeah. icon and then mm-hmm. daze them. And I try to do that as much as I can. Yeah. Uh, throughout uh, the gameplay. And, but I think, yeah, I probably should have done a lot more experimentation to Same. see what really works. Because there was a lot of attributes like tension. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I wasn't sure what tension was. Me neither. I'm like, that doesn't sound like a good thing at all. <laughs> <laughs> and then skill arts. I remember, you know, Shulk has that one skill that cuts his HP in half and to mm-hmm. increase skill arts. I'm like, what does this mean? Like, yeah. it, is it more damage in the battle that I'm in? Because you see the characters up in the top left of your UI. It's like normal. Mm-hmm. And then they get fired up. Right. They like they get angry and fired up. And I feel like as you progress, when they're fired up, that means that they're getting they're doing really high damage or mm. something along those lines. Um, but the game doesn't really tell you what is really happening in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I, I think, I think it's, you know, for this game where, where it came from, I think it's okay that they emphasize a lot more with the story because the combat was still manageable. Right. Even though I didn't know much. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. What do you think about that? Well, I was, I was watching another review on it and, um, and the guy was kind of talking about all these different strategies that he was able to deploy. And I'm like, I'm not sure. And this is kind of like my journey with RPGs anyways, is like, I don't think that any game really lays out the inner workings, like the magical yeah. combinations of things to me. Like I always miss that. And I'm always really impressed when people come out with like this, especially like games like Dragon Age or something like that, where they go like, you put this like area of effect and then like somebody else does this and it does like 14 times damage or something crazy like that. Like that's yeah. just not, I'm not able to decipher any of that sort of like, it's almost like algebra to it. Like what solve for X and then you get this crazy powerful equation. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't really know. So I feel like, I'm not sure that I should should fault the game for that, knowing that's kind of like been my experience with games like this. But mm-hmm. at the same time, like the game does a lot to pause and tutorialize. Like there are mm-hmm. dozens and dozens of moments within the game, like and throughout where it says like, just so you know, this is how you do this. And it's like, that would have been really great or even some sort of like better description on what the arts do. I think would have encouraged me to experiment with those a little bit more. I think it was like, it was probably a good amount of time into it, maybe even halfway where I realized what even like that the, <laughs> and I think they do tell me this, that the um, auto attack fills your talent gauge. So if you just oh, like yeah. lay off the arts just for a little bit, then your Monado arts will, or whatever character you're using. But I'm, I'm primarily led with, with Shulk, even though I mm-hmm. could have, I could have controlled all the other characters. So yeah, like there was definitely like little misses here and there for me. And it might've been like lapse in attention or just, they didn't tell me. So I have a hard time kind of like really coming down on, on the game for anything, anything like that. I'm like, was I even pay attention to that? Yeah, but it I'll lasted, be- man. It lasted throughout the whole game where I, I, I enjoyed it. There was that one where it does like it increases your talent arts, but halves your, your, your life. I felt like that was, that one was really powerful for Shulk as I wanted to just continue to deploy my Monado mm. arts or um, even jump back and make sure that like my team was shielded or anything like that. So, um, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I guess I did like a little bit of exploration, but I, I did feel like there were so many others. But then the limitation was upgrading across all the arts, right? Mm-hmm. Where you have only so many points. 
and I wanted to um, I wanted to advance like um, the level up all the way through. You, you kind of have like three uh, upgrade kind of levels that you can do: the basic, and then you have to find a mm -hmm. book for the intermediate, and then the advanced, like the last section of upgrades, almost kind of comes to chance. Some of them you could purchase or find, but I but as I looked it up, like you can only find some of those advanced upgrades like from a, an enemy drop or something like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's my experience as well is mm -hmm. um, that that last upgrade is really hard to get um, with a lot of certain characters if you want to upgrade those skills. But I didn't find it too um, required. Yeah, uh, that that last bit of it, to be honest with you, because when I maxed out the second gauge um, and it was like a medium, like like the same level as another monster, mm -hmm. it seemed manageable until the end. So I wasn't like complaining about it too much. Same. Yeah, there was definitely a there's an there's an enemy at the end that just kind of like halted my progress altogether. But we can get to that in a little <laughs> bit. What else kind of like jumped out at you is like either kind of like good or bad. Like what kind of what kind of things um, did you want to comment on with this game? So, OK, there I, I'm I'm getting the terms mixed up. Maybe there's arts where mm -hmm. we're, we're doing the skills and everything. And what's the other one? It's attributes or gosh. Well, there's a skill tree. I'm not sure if that's what kind of what you're talking about, where things kind of like link together with, uh, yes. with the other characters. Yes, and that, that that was confusing as all hell. Like I didn't <laughs> like it had these shapes that seemed to like lock into other characters like skill trees, and I didn't really understand. The one thing that I I, I tried for the only, really the only one that I even tried for was one that uh, helped me out with gem crafting, which I don't even know if that ended up being really all that important for me. Yeah. I think I heard you comment on that on the on Nintendo Shack. Gem crafting felt like uh, much it, it, the time amount of time you put into it, mm -hmm. you waste a lot more than what you're getting back. I think yeah. um, you don't want to like craft every single gem that you come across. So basically, it's like a little side mini game. I don't even call it a mini game, but you just gather materials like right. fragments, and then <clears throat> you put them together in this gem crafting like furnace, mm -hmm. and then you have another character maybe have a high relationship with and then you can generate that that gem and based off of the relationship you can get a higher um kind of quality gem with it um and i find like i want very specific attributes like yeah. there are there are important attributes in a gem i think like plus physical attack or plus mm -hmm. tension or or defense and then there was so many attributes that just felt like useless to don't me don't care yeah, yeah. totally I just saw. I'm like, why do I need this at all? Mm -hmm. like, so, I did. Uh, it's funny because what actually drove me to gem crafting for the first time was I couldn't carry any more crystals. So I'm like, well, oh I don't want. I don't want to. I never even. Ju I just didn't even get to it. You know, because mostly because it, it just confused me. And then once I really like, I was either gonna drop a bunch or sell a bunch, or I could actually get around to this thing that probably would help me kind of level up. And I was hoping that that would be the secret sauce, and it it helped push me along a little bit but maybe that's kind of like the missing part for me that i just didn't really tap into well enough to take me beyond where i think some players would have been able to play well beyond their their level mm -hmm. i w i wasn't really able to to a to a, a far degree until of course i uh that was the biggest thing i noticed when flipping it to casual was like level didn't almost almost didn't even matter you're mm -hmm. just kind of like running up to this guy and he's like 10 10 over and above you're like and it was like no problem, which I think definitely takes some of the the fun out of the game and and just locks in the repetition of of the battles because you just you don't care you're gonna win no matter what and and that's just kind of it. But I don't know, man. The um I, I just 
I mean, beyond that, and, and as I think about the different battles I was having, I'm, I'm reminded of just the landscapes, like what mm-hmm. you kind of traverse throughout the dozens and dozens of hours in this game, which, um, by the way, I think the, the length of time in this game, just about perfect. It's really good, actually. For a yeah. JRPG, that's actually my limit. I'm like, mm-hmm. you know what? That, that's a good stopping point. And like, you can put a lot more hours into it. Yeah. So I, I think we finished around the same time, like 65, 70-ish hours. Something like that. Um, yeah, it probably would have been more if I had not flipped <laughs> over to casual. Um, but yeah, something something like that, which was, to me, was was it was doable. And they, they moved the story along really well. I always thought, like, what else could I discover? Where, where else could this thing go? And I think for the most part, it always went to a place that was interesting because it was mm-hmm. always introducing characters along the way which is why it's kind of difficult to go like who's your favorite character and it's like well unless we get into spoiler territory you're kind of limited to like four or five people of the dozens and dozens of characters that you'll come across in this game across all the different landscapes and there's just so many different societies and worlds and cultures and things that is really kind of like a part of a beautiful message um within the game but i just for a game that honestly is like pretty blurry in a lot of cases like not Mm -hmm. not the most technically sound not all the k's and p's and everything it had the it had the uh, fps it had the frames it which had I the frames was, there yeah which was great and but i just don't even i can't recall another game where i was running around and doing like camera pans as if i was trying to show it off to a friend just yeah. for my own benefit just to see like what is off in this distance this landscape is beautiful i think uh that was very unique at the time too when it came out on wade just the vastness Mm-hmm. of this of of the maps that you're in it's so big actually yeah. it, 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 it and that's actually part of the mmo feel as well is that you're kind of in this very open world it's very explorative right you mm-hmm. want to make sure that you go through every nook and cranny in that map um and right? then there's so many side quests that you could do oh my god yeah in the, in that map and you want to you know the secret areas when you find a secret area it feels very nice, right? And mm-hmm. it's like a nice reveal. It's like, secret area. And I was mm-hmm. like, ooh, I, yeah. I figured out a, a cool little thing in this map. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's like normally you unlock a location. It's got like a little, like the standard blue banner. And it's a secret one. It's like this gold glittery one. You're like, what yeah. is it about some JRPGs? And I commented on about this in another uh, episode of a second cup that I had done where I'm like, uh, I think it was a summer of in Mara. Where, like, completing a quest didn't feel good at all. There was no, like, like jingle. Yeah. There was no anything that just, like, made me feel good about it. This game is chock full of that stuff. Even where you, to the point where you might find just, like, this random whatever, just some item that you found. And the time, like, for t- the, the future-telling element of this is baked into that, where it goes, it gives you a vision of the future where you've completed, like, I found the fourth little, like, nut that I found or mm-hmm. that this person might have wanted. And like, I don't know about you, but it didn't really, I don't know that I locked in I'm like, oh, I had a vision about this. And then this other person was asking me about it. I'm not sure that that really connected for me, but just the fact that you kind of got this sense of a lot of the items that you picked up, even though you might, you might think this is just some random piece, letting it, letting you know ahead of time that you, that that had purpose for it. You may come yeah. across a side quest that that would actually matter, I think was really clever. And again, like this just that that Monado is baked into every element here into like mm-hmm. the it has a really good style it's almost at the front and center of the screen at all times as shulk has it on his back when it he's looks running so around. cool too it is a cool sword man yeah, yeah. 
And it keeps getting cooler as you go on through the game. I know. And I'm like, I, I want to figure out what's what's the next form of this. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, they kind of launch into you is like there's these symbols that show up, and and Shulk is is uh, studying this thing, trying to unravel its secrets. And it's like there is so much to this. There's so much mystery to it. Where did it come from? Why does it mm-hmm. have its powers? Why does it? Why is it able to? tackle and, and take on the mechanis in the way that it is why are only certain people allowed to to hold it and to use it is there's so much mystery around the sword itself mm-hmm. and few games i think really accomplish that in a way that is compelling where i care about it yeah. it's like well yeah. there's some mystery but like who really cares about it but yeah there's something i think it's the fact that it is it is the device of of uh like the, that is going to save everybody is going right. to save it's, the it's hope kind of right mm-hmm. it's like this is this is it this is our ultimate weapon of like the homs and the bionis to defeat mm-hmm. the evil mechanis um yeah man i i want your opinion on side quests in this game oh yeah endless uh, <laughs> endless side quests um mm-hmm. so first off i just want to speak about it it's it's fetch questy yeah. and, and that's oh, okay yeah. um yeah. For a JRPG, that's that's what you see a lot is to level up and grind. You you want fetch quests, you want grinding in order to get better um, in the area, which mm-hmm. I, I'm totally get. And then there's um, side quests that become pretty special side quest lines. I think that has a lot more weight to it. Yeah. Um, that unlocks certain areas in in the map, which I find interesting. It was just kind of hard to depict de- between the fetch quests and the really like important side quests that I can get items or whatever. Um, there's one side quest line I've done. I don't know if you, you ever noticed this, but uh, my reward was unlocking a skill tree. Oh, wow. Really? Yes. And I never knew that. Yeah. Like, and that was the only <laughs> one. Yeah. That was the only one throughout the game that I got. It was Dunban's fourth skill. And like, it was a whole tree line that I got. Um, and this was no during way. like the ice, uh, you know, when they cross over on the sword, the ice mm-hmm. mountain trash in this area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you do enough side quests there with Dunban and, uh, you'll be able to get that fourth skill tree line. So there's a lot more weight to the side quest mm. than I ever thought there could be. I don't know if you can get more arts, um, with side quests as well. Yeah. I remember, um, they're in in the magna forest um there's one side quest that you connect a bridge um together um so there's a lot more weight to them than i thought and you have to really dig into like the names of the side quest in order to figure that out big time yeah well there was definitely some that like i was doing basically everything and the the early goings i'm like i'm loving Mm -hmm. this i don't even care about progression i don't want to move the story forward i would just want to do it but i probably wasted not wasted but i probably dumped like maybe almost 10 hours into that where I just like was mm-hmm. making no progress. And after that, I, I kind of had to make a decision about what types of side quests that I did because there are so many that I was mainly focused on just experience ones because yes. money didn't really. And, and this is pretty common. I think in a lot of RPGs where like money didn't really matter. Like I really wasn't like, I, th- I think in the end mm-hmm. I had over a million dollars or coins or whatever. Oh yeah. It was, it was something crazy. Yeah, so I wasn't really like spending any money, so I was really focused on on experience. And there are some where you can continuously go back to the same person, and those were the mm-hmm. ones that it was like that was really kind of leveling me up pretty nicely. But there's this balance of like there's so much gameplay, there's so many things to do and discover, but at the same time, because there's so many, 
like I skipped through so much of the dialogue that was kicking off the side quest. Like there was, I think there was some really special stuff that as I was kind of skipping through, I'm like, oh, what did you say there? That, that I think there's something here, but there's so many that I just I couldn't. I don't know. I I skip right through it. So I think I I may have even unlocked. I mean something that I didn't realize that I did, but I just kind of at at a certain point I was going through the motions a little bit and. And that sounds like a negative, but it's just fun to do it. Like the game mm-hmm. is so fun to play. And so I think almost easy isn't, it's just accessible. It's not necessarily easy because there's almost always a challenge to it and a controllable challenge as well, where you can see that enemy over there is like at level 71. And how is he even in this yeah. area? I'm only level 21. You can definitely choose for the most part, um, unless, of course, you're in a battle and it kind of like spills over into another guy's backyard. Oh, God, He's that's... like, get out of here. That would be rough. Yeah. Have you ever been in that encounter where it's just like an insane monster that's like 50 levels higher than you mm-hmm. coming to the battle? It's like, oh, man, I'm screwed. Like, just get out ho- of here. Hopefully the, the autosave gets me back into a good spot or whatever because this <laughs> isn't going to go too well. And even just very quickly on that note, like the enemy design, so great in this, mm-hmm. so varied. You didn't. You, I just never really felt like I was fighting anything that was like out of the JRPG enemy maker factory. Like they all looked really unique and also special to the area that you were in. Like in some cases I felt really bad because it seemed like we were just killing all the wildlife around. (laughs) But yeah, man, like the, the design and the depth of the design, it just, it seemed like they had a specialized team for every area, but it all connected. It all did. It made sense that this like, I don't even want to give out spoilers, but like some of the areas are so special, but they and they explore the location that I guess you're, like I'm not sure if the if the Maconis and the Bionis, if they were giant robots, if they're organic or what they were. But like you get this this giant world sense all within with very, like different climates and different, mm-hmm. I don't know, landscapes. It's all over the place, man. Yeah. It really is. And all within one game, dude. It was like, you know, kind of like playing like Super Mario 3. You're like, oh, now I'm in like the snow world. Now I'm in the desert mm-hmm. world. Now this is like, they have that, but they made the world like for every single one rather than just like the map that they did basically for, for Mario. I think that's like the one thing that I can take away from this. This was like, I, I as far as I know, right? It's the new ip for them and they're coming yeah. out of the gate like this like mm-hmm. this amount of caliber this amount of realization the lore and enemy designs and story it's like of course this game is going to be praised yeah just how yeah. much there is in depth i really liked how the mechanist um it, it goes from very like very simple type of like mechanics and robots and then once you get over to the mechanist like field or whatever that area it becomes mm-hmm. so much more intricate and yeah. like the and each enemy has kind of its own attributes like you want to make sure um that you don't daze certain enemies because they'll backfire you yeah um yeah and yeah, then they get the spikes yeah exactly and then there's some that's like it's impenetrable to your skill breaking and mm-hmm. I, I i find that pretty interesting that each enemy not only its design was unique but also what, what comes with it right yeah it's like it has different types of uh difficulty and and techniques in the way to bring them down mm-hmm. so. yeah man I mean, that's that's really what kept me going basically the entire well i mean between that and also the what's going to happen next like the, the way that mm-hmm. they kind of dangled the, the carrot in front of you just a little bit just to go what what challenge is awaiting you next what story point is going to be coming next because 
anytime that I finished a chapter or it came to like kind of a major point in the game, I felt rewarded. Like the mm-hmm. cutscenes, this kind of like goes back to some really like my first introduction to games was like you play like playing the game was fun and all, but like graphics in games were so bad that you wanted the game to take a break from the in-game engine and just give you some sort of like some sort of cutscene. Mm-hmm. Even like even something this is so a uh, conversation probably wouldn't normally come up in Xenoblade, but like beating Street Fighter 2 was like awesome because you <laughs> took away from that like normal gameplay and it's like here's a story and here's this like here's what happened to Guile after he beat him by some kind of thing like th- mm-hmm. that was such a reward to just have something different you're like you were unlocking something that you had never seen before and that carries over for me in a game like this where like the cutscenes are so good yeah They're so, like they really I don't think that there was really well ever paced. time yeah well there was never time where like the the cutscene was like well that was kind of a it didn't move anything forward or it didn't tell me it's something I didn't already know. It was always like, how were they always unlocking something, always uncovering something or, or discovering a new path or, or, or new challenge to overtake that, ki- that kept being interesting. It was mm-hmm. kind of, to me, the magic of the game to keep me going along instead of just, and it wasn't like a rinse and repeat, like, okay, you beat this guy, then you go on to this thing. And then you beat that thing. And you go on. Like, I mm-hmm. felt like that with a bit with like, and I never even beat persona five. But it felt like at least for the first 25 hours, it was like this teacher and then onto this teacher and then onto this guy who like, that, likes yeah. kids kind of thing. So it just it, it kept in, it kept upping the ante, I guess is probably the best way to put it. The the challenge and the what like you don't even know what you're getting yourself into here, kid. That That's what I found as well. I they give you enough in those cutscenes, and some of them like very mysterious is like, oh, look at these characters in a scene. But mm-hmm. what are they talking about, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, uh, <laughs> why why are they talking like this? And like, oh, okay, there's something fishy going on here. Okay, mm-hmm. let's let's keep on going to figure out what what that is. There's uh, always a little bit of foreshadowing, a little <laughs> bit of like, we'll get to that later, or or something like that. And they they always do. I I did feel like uh, it wasn't anything like the TV show Lost, where you go, I still have questions. Like, I'm pretty sure they took the time to like wrap up pretty much everything like you had a question about mm-hmm. this earlier they, they almost like go out of their way like the conversations are so overt to go just by the way to be clear this is what this means is this what you're saying they're like correct this is what that means i'm like i dig it man thank you for making sure because like they know dumb dumb sean's out there playing this game <laughs> not really able to follow everything but um yeah man is there anything else that you want to cover before we would jump over into 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 spoiler territory at all yeah, I just want to say a little bit more about just the navigation of those side quests. That was a little bit of a drag, I think. And I think I mentioned yeah. that in, in Nintendo Shack. How, yeah, I heard you say that. What do you mean by that, though? Like, was it just the wandering or like the, the distant, like you're too far apart or what? So like when I take in a side quest or whatever, it's like, OK, let me set that as an active quest. OK, mm. it's in a general area. OK, um, I don't see the exclamation mark anymore. Do I have to do a change the time? Okay, let me change the time uh, right. man- manually. Oh, I still don't see it every, and then I would change the time every couple hours, and mm-hmm. I'm like, oh man, I don't see it. Why can I not see it? Oh, maybe because I have to go in a specific area in within them. It's it, it becomes this chore. I, I guess yeah. that that that's where I was trying to lead to is you know the side quests are are good, but at the same time it was very hard to um, navigate through. Um, I can see that. Yeah. Especially, especially that that time thing, I didn't realize for for quite a while. 
mm-hmm. that it, the, 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 especially if you had to like go meet somebody and they weren't available or if an enemy was only available during like a range. So there's actually a couple that I just left all together because mm-hmm. I don't think that the time really indicated anything about weather. So anything that had like, oh, you can only see too, this enemy. Yeah. yeah like I, you only fight this enemy during a, a rainstorm or something like that. I'm like nuts to that dude. Like I am not going to be able to line that up <laughs> at all. So, and yeah, even the, you, you flip between active or story quests and then the side quests. the way that they, they kind of handle that was not familiar to me. I'm not sure if this is the way that a lot of other games do it in terms of you pull down on ZR and then it kind of pulls up the menu of you can switch mm-hmm. between what you're going to be tracking, whether it's going to be a story one or a mission or a side mission. And then you kind of press it down to get your list of of active uh, side quests, which, yeah, definitely a little bit. Mm, I don't know. Maybe there's maybe there's better ways to do it. And also managing the ever growing list. Like mm-hmm. I would I wish I could have discarded a couple of side quests as well. Mm-hmm. I think um, the Xenoblade 2, um, I played a good chunk of that. They've done a much better job with that. So oh, they really? kinda, Yeah, they kind of knew that that was uh, a little bit of a downside for this game. Mm-hmm. So at least at least they they uh, they did a better job there. Um, I think the last thing I want to mention about about before we get into spoilers is um, have you done much of like uh, the Colony 9 reconstruction type of mechanic? Oh, Colony 6? No, Sorry, six. that's why I meant. Yeah, yeah. No, I I didn't know if that was like only was that only after like you beat the game. No, no, it's after you go through that story beat. I think it was like chapter three or four, where um you, you basically have uh Sharla and then his her little brother, and mm-hmm. her little brother kind of manages Colony Six and the reconstruction of it after that whole story beat there after the month. Yeah. Um. And what you do is you increase the levels of certain like uh, parts of this village or of, of the colony, like commerce or like uh, more characters in there, um, mm-hmm. stuff like that. So um, I didn't go back to it too much as well. Um, I, but there was, I guess, another deep level of mechanic there that you could have gone through and maxed out. And I was wondering... Like, if you did more of that, would it have been easier to go through the game or possibly like get more of these arts or skills that, you know, we kept missing? Because um, I feel like uh, when I see how long to beat the game, you know, when you mainline it, it's about our hour count. It's around 70 ish hours to 100 percent. it, It's like 100 hours. Yeah, it's, it's like an extra 30. Another game, <laughs> <laughs> basically. Um so yeah, there is a lot in there, and depending depending on how you want to play it, you can mainline it just like us, and you can play casual mode and like see the story. And I think that's a great game within itself too. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also just so much more if yeah. you want to get into it. It's and- funny. It's funny because it never really felt like I. I, like, I, obviously, even just describing that, we mainlined it, but it never felt like I was really mainlining it, right? Like, I definitely yeah. felt like I was exploring, I was doing all the things, but, yeah, I didn't, to the point about that we were just talking about with, uh, like, tracking side missions and things like that, I just wasn't able to find the on-ramp to that, to that section. I definitely recall that story beat, and I remember them talking about it, and there was actually, um, with the gem crafting, the, mm-hmm. the guy who has the furnace is like, well, if you go, like, go fix up Colony 6, you can, you can carry this around with you if you, mm-hmm. you don't always have to come back to me i'm like i can't figure out how to do that oh, and by the okay. time like i mean to the to the by the time i think i mentioned before like by the time i got to gem crafting i was so full i couldn't carry any more so by that time i'm like kind of had the end in sight 
right? Like I kind of mm-hmm. wanted to get get it over, not even just get it over with, but just like you know, move it along, kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And I I definitely get to that point in in certain games, especially if I have my if I've seen that it can be beaten within like sixty five or seventy hours. I'm like I'm gonna I'm gonna probably try for that. And if this seems like a little bit extra, I mean, it was tough. Like when I finished the game, I really wanted to do New Game Plus. Mm-hmm. Like it's mostly just the fact that there are so many other games to play that that I that I didn't, but I didn't want to put this game down as maybe one of like the best compliments that I can give it is that even though it's so long and even though especially the last couple of chapters really stretch out. Yeah. I wanted to spend more time with these characters, even to the point where um, Bobby was telling me that uh, that that the second game doesn't have Shulk in it. I'm like, I don't know if I want to play it. Like, I like these characters. Yeah. And it's the same thing that happened with Persona 4 to 5, where I'm like, I don't know that I really care about Joker because I like Chie is my girl. Right. So I just don't even care. about. <laughs> you just got to pick a new girl on Persona 5, man. Makoto I guess I mean, is uh, queen. Oh, oh, really? Yes, mm. Makoto's so... Yeah, and the new character, she she's pretty good, too. Anyways, <laughs> enough of Persona. <laughs> yeah, so uh, there's a lot that I didn't do. Definitely a lot that I would have liked to to get to. Maybe maybe at some point, but definitely, like, just overall, super, super positive on this game. I'm so glad that I skipped out on Animal Crossing <laughs> so I could play this one. <laughs> hey, uh, yeah, my girlfriend just stole that game away from me. I'm like, well, okay, I'll play Xenoblade then. <laughs> nice, yeah, man. Yeah, definitely a... That was great. Yeah. So uh, super positive, really good game. People should, I think, like, is it safe to say that even if you haven't played like a JRPG, that this might be like, I think kind of almost like Persona 4 Golden, at least for me, this was, mm-hmm. this was accessible. It was complex. So I felt rewarded for playing it and, and unraveling some of the mysteries, even though pro players would get, go even deeper into this. But I'm kind of a JRPG dum-dum and I still mm-hmm. had a really good time <laughs> with this I, one. I think it's for all players alike. If you like a good story... And mm-hmm. if you want to put in the time, I think it's a really great game, whether it's a, you know, a JRPG or not. It's I, I think from there, I think, yeah. yeah, I highly recommend it. Yeah. Thank God for for that game, because I'm not sure what else is going on 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 uh, the old Nintendo Switch. We'll see. If, uh, <laughs> did you pick up? Did you pick up Paper Mario, by the way? No, I decided to purchase another thing. I'll, I'll well, I'll mention it later. It's a limited run games. Uh, Ooh. Right? It's from it's actually Outer Wilds physical edition because that's my game of the year. Uh, Twenty nine. Wow. I had to pick that up because Paper Mario. I, I, I don't want to get into too much of this, but Paper Mario, um, I would like to play Thousand Year Door first. Yeah. Well, yeah. When I saw this game it was like, oh, it's not like what you think it is. I'm like, well, let me play the best game out of that mm-hmm. franchise i should uh, do that too mm-hmm. actually i've never played thousand year door chelsea has but i've never really gotten to it mm-hmm. cool man okay so we'll sound the alarm if people have played xenoblade uh then they they're you know or if you just don't care about spoilers then feel free but this is the point in the conversation where we're not going to be holding back at all we're going to be giving away <laughs> things not necessarily on purpose like to to really get at anybody but the there's certain things that there's like you just got to talk about. There's so many plot twists in this game. So so play this game. If you really mm-hmm. want to know the story, uh, yeah, you could, you could cut it off right here because we're going to spoiler territory. And I mostly just wanted to ramble just for a little bit so that people who are like <laughs> driving or they're jogging or biking or whatever it is that they're not able to like cut it off. They're like, oh, no, 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 no. Okay, time is up. Um, Shulk is a dinosaur and that's how he can <laughs> wield the Monado. He <laughs> He's actually from another world. Um no, dude, there is... Okay, spoiler territory official. Mm-hmm. What in the world? Uh, <laughs> I, like, you end up in... Okay, even just to go to the very end, you end up in space? 
Yes. And you're like going from like Mars to or whatever, Jupiter to Mars back to Earth and fighting all these different things like this thing goes interdimensional. Yes. Yeah. What the crap, man. Um, I've seen this in a lot more JRPGs than you may think where mm-hmm. you get very interdimensional. I remember seeing this meme joke where it's like a typical JRPG. The first level, oh, kill a rabbit. Last level, kill God. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? That's actually really true. Mm-hmm. And I'm mm-hmm. like, and then even true to this one, it's like, okay, this is, uh, it, it went it went there. And I didn't suspect that, to be honest well, with you. Especially because like the game, at least at, at the beginning, it seems like it's based on the premise of revenge. And oddly enough, I was mm-hmm. playing this and, and The Last of Us in close proximity to each other. I'm like, I like this revenge quest better <laughs> because Fiora, this like very, very lovely, like maybe there's something going on with her and Shulk or not. Um, she's you, she's playable. Like, mm-hmm. I think one of the first things you do is go get Dunban some lunch or something and bring it to him. Yeah. And then she gets sliced up by a face McConaughey. Yeah, and she's dead. And I'm like, really? I I invested some, you know, emotion to that character and I, mm-hmm. I played with her and it's like, now she's dead? Okay. All right. Sounds good, I guess. Yeah. And <laughs> um, Shulk sort of like takes his, takes this as motivation to go, well, I wanted to find out what was going on with this Monado thing anyways. So also death to all McConaughey because Fiora, yeah. not before, by the way, like he didn't go on like this, this, this quest before she was killed. Yeah. Even though they're kind of all getting attacked. But um, yeah, also, she's not really dead. No, she's not really dead, which was the interesting part. I think when they introduced Face McConus, mm-hmm. um and the mystery behind them, and I think it was like chapter three, right? It, it was yep. when they were speaking a lot more. And I was like, there's a lot more to this um, this enemy type than the faceless McConus that were everywhere else and i'm like what what is really going on behind there and it's like they have Mm. and they're much more powerful too right and they have actual intelligence and it's just like where did they get this from and then you soon realize and figure out uh that they're homs yeah inside these bodies and it's like and they're controlled some of them memory wiped completely some of them uh have like a completely different personality in there um, mm-hmm. but like kind of their intelligence and their soul is like binded to this robot. Yeah. Uh, it's like, that's an interesting way to pull that. It's so, it's just <laughs> bizarre enough because it was almost feeling like a little too grounded for how, like the fact that we're, we're fight, we're living on top of these two like giant beings or gods or whatever they were. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I, like when I first heard the very, like, was he just called the face, the, the metal face, when I first metal like, face, came across yeah. metal face. I was like, this voice is terrible. I hate this voice. It's <laughs> it's way too like over the top. It's it's like it's like a bad version of like Starscream or something from from Transformers. And then of course, like <laughs> it's so obvious that it's Mumcar. Like he barely I'm like, yeah. I had the exact same reaction to Mumcar's original voice that I had to Metal Face, and I don't know that I didn't why I didn't put that together. Maybe oh, some I just other hated the guy people from did. the beginning. <laughs> Me too. Oh, it was and he's like had this like cocky nature to this robot. And I'm like, I kept help thinking like and again, should have put it together that there's actually like people inside of this. I'm like, why do these robots have such personality? Mm-hmm. It was like a friend of mine once pointed out with uh, the movie Terminator Salvation that uh, as they're kind of getting pulled up into this this prison, mm-hmm. some of the Terminator kind of robot things are wearing bandanas. It's like, what sort of gang fashion <laughs> does this robot, why does he feel the need to wear this thing? So anytime robots have some sort of like 
personality to it. It always makes me question, and I should have seen it coming, is get, yeah. I guess kind of what I'm getting at on this one. But Mumcar is Metal Face, uh, and it doesn't stop there. Like every, Basically, everybody who you thought was dead is mm-hmm. actually a, a face McConus. Uh Fiora, she goes through a bit of a transformation. Mm-hmm. What did you think about... Um, Charlotte, Charlotte's story with her her boyfriend that Gatto, uh, yeah, Ghetto, yeah, gone missing. She's got this love for him, but also is it Ryan or Rain? I was Ryan, it up. I think it's oh well in the British it's Ryan, but oh, I think yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's Rain. <laughs> so he's he's like I mean I really wanted him to have a shot with Charlotte. I think in the end it, it really was though. It's like hey protect you know Ghetto. was like hey. Ryan protect Sharla in in at all costs and it's like don't worry I will there is a special bond I think and it mm-hmm. implies that they'll probably have a life together um I thought that was a cool side story I think um what I forgot always her name Melia yeah. or yeah, yeah I like her uh kind of side story as well and and with her brother it's very mm-hmm. that was sad that was emotional Mm-hmm. Um, where that one t- it took because basically, you know, at first her, their their dad died, um, yep. sacrificing himself uh, to protect Hyentia, and then it gets to the point where now her brother took the lead, took the charge of Hyentia, um, mm-hmm. and uh, trying to face the Baconis down with that ultimate battle, and then you see that other plot twist with the Hyentia um, becoming Telethia and only serving uh, Zanza. And like mm-hmm. him and all the hyentia, <laughs> all the species turning into telethia. That's where I was like, whoa, okay. Dude, I know, like every, every, what you just sort of like wrapped up there was like five kind of plot twists all in once. But it yes. like, you have to be along for this. Like anytime that they did something crazy, like you, you, if you like the last thing, then like you kind of have to be okay with, with this next thing. And even just like, there's so many different, we talked about it in the non-spoiler part where like, in terms of the landscape, it was all very well realized, but the people that occupy that space, like the high anti had their own culture. They had their mm-hmm. own, like they had their own dogma. They had their own belief systems and honor systems and process of royalty and everything. And they looked very royal. Like they, and they had a particular like look superior to them. in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 They, they had almost like a, like a immortal type of almost like elves, I mm-hmm. guess is kind of like, it was like almost like Lord of the Rings kind of uh kind of a thing. And even like to the point where you could play as Malia or Melia, I think it's definitely not Malia. <laughs> I think that's I think that's somebody else. Um, and go through her like her her right to earn the the um, the, the I guess just to be the queen. Yeah. Right. Because she's half and half, which which plays into everything like it plays into her relationships with people around her, but also whether or not she would actually turn into a telepia telepia as well. And, and I guess explaining what Telethia is, they're like sentient beings that mm-hmm. uh, the main villain can control. And yeah. it's it's so, uh, it plays on to that, you know, destiny. I think that was a major theme at the end, right? Is like, right. how much does fate really um, decide for you? Mm-hmm. And like the Monado, you know, the themes behind it as well is like you can see the future. But yeah. also that doesn't necessarily mean that is the future. You can change right. it, and that and that thing went all the way back to chapter three or four, where mm-hmm. you know uh, he, he saved that one guy in the mine. Um, yeah, basically. So I think that was a really cool wrap up to this ending. Is like you can write your destiny yourself. It's mm-hmm. not predestined at all. 
Um, well, it's funny, like, because there are, it gives you that, like, that, um, that conflict of it can that is that actually true? So even though there have been moments where you're where you're changing outcomes, is the end result mm-hmm. still predestined? I think that's the challenge that Shulk is really ultimately faced with is like, yeah, you've been able to like save this person to this person, but it actually doesn't really matter because like Zanza wills this or the gods are going to will something else to be happening, mm-hmm. which you weren't even aware of. So like how how silly of you to think that you could make a difference because you didn't even know like the big picture mm-hmm. that you were like everybody lives to die and then feed back into Bionis. And there's this giant flip that ends up happening where you're like the McConus is the the undefeatable enemy. They are heartless and soulless and they right. they, they cannot be stopped. They cannot be convinced um, even to the point of Eggle like is mm-hmm. sure to just he is your sworn enemy and i'm pretty sure that's the battle that i had to to switch it because i was definitely getting outnumbered in in his battle oh that battle was ridiculous i think i think that was a difficulty spike right there is eggle's mm-hmm. battle when you are it was probably the last one you were doing right it's yep it was him and then there was like maybe 20 mcconis around him and you had to mm-hmm. walk around and attack the uh whatever the gems or whatever a power and in, in order yep. to weaken him that one was a was a crazy difficulty spike, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, th- I think that was I think that was a one, and yeah, they definitely do like this. Uh, we're not the actual enemy, and there are people mm-hmm. within like the the machina who who are actually they're benevolent. They're actually they actually want to live in peace, and it turns out the like the heart and soul, the god behind Bionis, like with Zanza, who by the way takes on so many different forms. It w- I found it a little bit difficult to kind of like track. Mm-hmm. Like what Azanza was like, he shows up first as as the giant, and then is he the sword itself, and then is he the sort of blonde haired kind of god thing that almost looks like Shulk? So I, I yeah. found that a little bit difficult. But once to, once I kind of realized that it Zanza is is the god that is basically battling up against um I'm forgetting the uh Mela um what was her name in, on the Makana side his, oh, his counterpart Lady Raineth or. Maineth, yes, Maynith, that's Lady, yeah. Lady Maineth, yes, yeah. thank you. It, once I kind of realized like that was the um, that was the makeup of it, it was just like it was amazing because they introduced that pretty late in the game, but it still felt important. It didn't feel it necessarily tacked on or anything. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it explained things that you'd seen before. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I think yeah, Zanza was yeah. It, it took you through a loop because at first you thought it was the giant, right? It right. was the giant that made the Monado. Cool. And then he unlocked your true form in the Monado. Great. So mm-hmm. that, that gave you more uh, ability, more power with Shulk. And then you realize in the end, it's like, no, actually, Zanza was living through Shulk as well mm-hmm. um, and took his life being and the Monado itself and, and become his own to become more powerful enough. Did you get the, um, how Zanza like, took possession of Shulk? Like, because in actuality, in reality, Shulk was dead, right? Right. As mm-hmm. as a little boy, he's like, man, you are already dead. You are already destined to die. And then, mm-hmm. and then, but I think this is a cool story of redemption as well as like, you know, uh, you may have, you know, taken away my life a little bit or, or my life force, but you helped me get to where I am now. And I can create my own Monado and my own power. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's, that's kind of cool too. Um, dude, it's actually kind of mind blowing. Like it's actually a little bit mind bending to go like, yeah. how is that even possible? Like he's still, he is dead. He's occupied or like he's this vessel for this God, but still has 
his own will. And it's like this mm-hmm. ultimate limitation of the limitless God that is that is Zanza. And like he has his own arrogance to himself too, that he's he's got all this power and he can squash him everybody like bugs. But ultimately he can't even defeat the thing or the vessel that he occupied himself to carry out his own plan. It's just like I love the rules that are built into this world that allow for something <laughs> like that to happen because it it probably shouldn't work out that way at all. Uh, a lot of Japanese anime is like that, though. It's like, sure. oh, my gosh, how, how do you have that much power? Oh, my gosh. And it ends up like the main character is like really, really powerful based off of. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, a lot of themes around it is based off of love and with friends and with bonds and like protecting mm-hmm. with other people. Sorry, I just like watched Naruto last night and that's what it's all about. Nice, <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> but Shulk's the same way, right? It's yeah. like he wanted to protect the ones he loved. He wanted to stop the Makanas. That was his first goal. And I loved how, you know, uh, Zanza played onto that. I was like, oh, I want to stop the Makanas too. We have the same goal, the same motivation in mm-hmm. throughout the story so i'm gonna keep quiet and like give you all the power you need in order to stop the mechanis and right. then in the end i can rule the world or rule the galaxy or whatever <laughs> yeah well and the reason that he wanted to stop the mechanis is ultimately because lady maineth wanted to live in peace and he's like i can't have peace mm-hmm. to continue on like these 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 beings kind of, kind of have to live and then die to feed back into his energy and like again like the rules that they set for like these gods to exist i think are are really really interesting um was there any like deaths that sort of like really hit you at all uh deaths that hit me um eggo that that was yeah that was actually pretty big um mm-hmm. you know the the guy you defeated um you understand his motivations big time right like you, you know it's like at the end is like man he is the like literally the anti-hero kind of in this game mm-hmm. where it's like you know you you faced him all along this, it's Mechanis, he's like very oppressive, he controlled everything, but it was out of like love, I guess, and like revenge mm-hmm. at the same time. Um, of course, he wanted the best for Machina, his race, Yeah. Um, and he wanted to make sure that the Bionis was getting rid of because that's the only way to protect his race, right? Yeah. Like that, that's yeah. what he felt. Um, so I think that one hit me pretty deep. Um, Fiora... That, that was a big one. And I love the redemption of Fiora as well. Oh, my gosh. And and the whole, like, like exploration around, like, she's got this different body. Is she even, like, human? And yeah. she's got, like, this different energy source. And the game definitely, like, <laughs> shows you her body, like, the whole time. <laughs> a she little bit more. Body, a little yeah. bit weird. Yeah. She, and she kind of has, like, a bit of a shake to her and everything. It's like, yeah, this little little fan service. <laughs> um, so that was my party. It's the second half. Yeah. It was Dunban oh, okay. and Fiora. Oh, wow. So that really opened up the combat to me where to the point where I was doing skill arts left and right because what Dunban mm. and Fiora does really a good job is constantly attack. And so if right. they constantly attack the monster and you constantly attack, that gauge bar fills instantaneously. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I got a skill bar all the way up probably less than two seconds. And then when I was chaining and comboing during in the middle of that... Um, I got my skill bar up again to do it like a second time. Oh, snap. Once I was done. So that's how I got through probably the last half of the game pretty well. <laughs> what, did, what did you think about Riki? Riki? Oh, my gosh. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't get him in my party. <laughs> I know. <laughs> 
Ricky. <laughs> so there's always like some sort of like Teddy type of character, like this like this yes. cute little like you could buy this as a as a plushy toy of some sort, and it's like it looks like and and the thing is I've never seen it as a purchasable item like in the real world. I've never seen like a Ricky Me like neither. plush toy or anything, but it seems like he's inserted in there for. Like Spaceballs, the the coloring book. Spaceballs, <laughs> the cer- the breakfast cereal. Like it looks like Ricky is in there for merchandise, yeah. <laughs> so that they can sell this cute little thing. And all the 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 what are they call the pon- Han Pond? The uh, yeah, um, no ponds, right? The, the no ponds. Yes, that whole. And again, another <laughs> culture, another like race mm-hmm. that. And they and when you once you get to the high end, you've you've kind of. Uh, come across enough varying races and and different types of people for for the king and the and the royal family really to go look at this look what you guys are doing I think uh, Melia's brother is the first to really comment that this this ragtag of Homs and Napon yeah. and Hyantia and everybody else like that that's a beautiful thing and I thought that that was a really great theme within the game that they found a nice balance of that is really probably the closest thing to to speaking to like real world type of stuff other than like. There's relationships, but there's like the this we can all get along. I thought mm-hmm. was a was a beautiful sentiment. We can within it unite together to and they were stronger for doing it. Exactly, I think that High was a cool thought one. that they were everything. They didn't even look to the Homs. They didn't even think to like try to save them or anything because they're like, well, we can handle ourselves. It's not our war. But then they realize that like this enemy is greater than they ever imagined. But the Napon I thought was like really interesting. I'm not sure if Ricky is. It, can it be racist if it's made by a Japanese company? Like, I just don't know if his speech was like, not, like just that broken English. That's like, uh, is this insensitive or what? I'm not I, sure. I think they're what they were going towards is just like very adorable caveman talk. Oh, totally. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't think it was, I, I don't know, uh, insensitive or anything like that. There, I, I don't necessarily think I, I think I have a maybe too far of a threshold for that sort of thing. But the way he sort of like translated like what his kids were called or what his wife was called or everything like it always like had a pawn yeah. to the end of it. Yeah. So like was like it Digimon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was so it was so cute. Well, I really but I couldn't I wonder if he had some sort of like special arts that was a game changer. But I just couldn't bring myself to get him in my party. Yeah, he only wore light armor. That was one thing. I yeah, mm. and I looked at his skills. It didn't seem that it was that important to me. Um, I think they were very unconventional compared to the other characters. Uh, yeah, there was a lot more buffs. Um, I think with that character, not as much damage. Um, gotcha. So I think if you wanted to go that route, you can. I was all about damage though, and, and yeah, it's same here. Obvious with with Dunban. If you are you. It, it was um, it was pretty good. Uh, Rain and Charlotte were were my stables at first as well. And I mm-hmm. noticed I was struggling around Hyantia chapter when when okay. when I got to the Hyantia, I was like, man, I'm really struggling with these two characters, and I don't know why. Mm-hmm. So I had to really grind there. Um, but yeah, the the hero ponds or the no ponds. Uh, <laughs> hero just, pond, like they yeah. call him a hero pond. <laughs> <laughs> I think and also like too. he gets he gets done dirty so bad man he's yeah. like they, they say like do this one thing and uh all your debt will be repaid or whatever all your like you, you don't have to owe us anything and like yeah he does the thing they're like yeah but what do they say like your kids like knock something over or broke something so you owe us even more yeah. money or something like <laughs> that like, like, so they just tack it on. yeah <laughs> like oh my god poor ricky but he's a super lovable character that doesn't actually do anything and i actually think that it's even better to the story that 
that I didn't have him in my party because he didn't do anything, but he still celebrates it. Like he was right there on the front line. <laughs> it's just like, dude, you're getting carried on it, somebody's back almost literally. And like he was walking and he has that little fluff that that pose going on. Mm-hmm. Like the I, same animation. Yeah. I put, <laughs> him, I put him in ridiculous outfits too. Uh, oh my God. Yeah, yeah, totally. I put him in different equipment. One time he was wearing a tiger suit. No joke. It was like, Oh, that's awesome. It was like that's so good. So um, I think that was a good comic relief character. Um, oh, big time. And Future Connected, you have uh, two of his children um, be with you. In, oh, no way. In that DLC chapter as well, which is, um, I, and it was very nice and so adorable how, how mm-hmm. they were um, introduced into that that story as well. Uh, I think uh, other other than that, let's let's talk about spoilers like straight up to the end. What yeah. what is that ending? Um, I like the origin of Zanza and Lady yep. Maynith. That was super interesting. How it was built off of experimentation from a previous life, mm-hmm. um, where and it was Earth too, right? Yep. It's funny how they look. At it. It's like, oh, look how blue that planet is. It's like we know. It's like, oh my gosh, that's Earth. Like, like yeah. they actually connected to like kind of real world in a way. Planet of the Apes kind of an ending. Exactly. You blow it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they they had like the scientists who were there, like that um, Zanza and Maynith. Like this is it's not ready. It's like no, but we got to do it. And, the, and he pushes the button, and everything kind of flashes. And that's the the like it's almost like we're in a simulation. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. And then they feel like their own gods in this next life. Mm-hmm. And and they're trying to figure out what to do as well. And I'm like, this is so out of left field and interesting, but also like it kind of makes sense. Like yeah. it, it's not like so thrown out. It's like, oh, okay, I don't believe this, but it's mm-hmm. more like, okay, cool. This is this is an awesome take on how to set up this this world that's so imaginative has all these different themes and motivations mm-hmm. is is because of this. Uh, what do you think about Alvis? Ooh, I never knew what to think about Alvis. I wasn't sure if he was a friend or foe or what he was, but he was so intriguing. If nothing, like, almost expected in a game like this where you, you need some all-knowing character mm-hmm. to kind of lay everything out for you. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, dude, I don't know. How about you? Like, I just... I thought he was one of the most intriguing and and actually I forgot to mention in the non-spoiler part too such great voice acting. I think I mostly like downplayed like think like characters I didn't like but like Shulk is amazing, Sharla is amazing, and Alvis as well is Fiora. Oh my gosh, yeah. Oh, Fiora too. Like yeah, just wonderful voice acting across the board. And yeah, this um there's there's giant questions that needed to be answered, so it was really smart for them to have sort of like this this character who knows everything, but mm-hmm. the role that he plays, I think, is suitable for the the level of knowledge that he has. That like he could probably make like giant sweeping changes, but he but he doesn't. He kind of plays like a different role within this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he seemed like some form of like companion or guide in a sense for Shulk. It's like, hey, mm-hmm. you got to figure it out yourself of what you want to do in this mm-hmm. destiny. I like how he was introduced as well. But wasn't he like the computer? Like, wasn't he? he like the, he's the program, the, right? He yeah. is programmed to be kind of the guide, I guess. I, I, I'm not really too sure. I don't know how much he was humanized in this next kind of world or whatever. I love mm-hmm. how he's introduced and he was super powerful. Like, yeah. and it's like, oh, I have no idea what's going on with this new character. Um, mm-hmm. 
he was it's right when you were fighting the telethia yes right is when you first meet him yep and he's like here here's a brand new skill on the monado and he he wields it and he uses it and i'm like dude what is this character <laughs> thank just, you <laughs> yeah thanks i'm not dead uh, <laughs> i i think the way they revealed that character um, some of the characters in Hyentia and I, I, uh, sorry, I'm forgetting the, the guy that we're making fun of the bandana. Uh, Oh, Dixon, Dixon. Dixon. Yeah, that's man. it. I love how, um, they were so much more than, than the face value of, of thank God. Yeah. Big time. Thank God. Like he had this like cocky nature to him that I just felt was like off putting. I didn't, I didn't like the look of him. Didn't like his, I honestly didn't like much about him. And then it turns out that he's, a no good just oh i just hate him i hate everything about <laughs> this guy i like right from the start like i should have known that he was a villain because i didn't he was unlikable to me to begin with he was always giving everybody like ah i saved your life and you guys aren't very grateful and like yeah i know about this secret shop or whatever this area over on Makanas, but like what's it to you i've gotten you this far he yeah. has all these like jabs that he's getting in there and then yeah he's a he's an agent of evil in the end yeah, and I love how when you beat him, it's like, okay, this isn't worth it. So you know his intentions. It's like he just wants to survive. And mm-hmm. like he he's this rogue kind of pi- – like uh, I would say like pirate in a, in a sense. is like, okay, I'm with Sansa only because uh, he's like the most powerful character and it seems very logical to just be his disciple, right? Yep. And like make sure I'm reconstructed in this new world or whatever. Um mm-hmm. But when it got to the point with Shulk, it's like, no, I'm not costing my life to protect Sansa. I'm out. Right? right? I love that. So selfish in the mm-hmm. end. It's just so like true true to form, true to character. And the, dude, he shoots Shulk. Yeah. Yeah. Like he kills him. Yeah. And, and he has no regrets. And like, and, and you can tell, you know, from his story and his background, it's like, of course he doesn't care. He's lived mm-hmm. for all this time. It's like, this is the plan. You know, yep. and I was like, all right, I got a mission to do. Let's kill Shulk and get Sansa out of there and, mm-hmm. and let's fall through the plan so we can do this or whatever. I felt like near the end of the game too, like at once things kind of like there's a, it, it almost like it's almost palpable the when things kind of tip over and and the the outcomes spiral out of control where uh, the theme of the game spills into your brain where you go like maybe this is the passage of fate. Maybe there really <laughs> isn't anything that I can do about this because it like the the obstacles are way greater than uh than i than i set out to do like this i had no idea i was going to be venturing off into like we're fighting gods and it is the will it's actually like built into the way that the bionis even functions is for people to die it's like how do you overcome that mm-hmm. uh i just it, it felt like it did, it did a really nice balance of giving you hope and then hopelessness all at the same time like mm-hmm. shulk was dead but there was still a way to to come back from the dead. And um, yeah, dude, I thought that I was even just like the death itself had a it introduced all the other answers. Like it was basically mm-hmm. when, when Shulk was shot that you go into into space. Yeah, <laughs> and this is other just like I remember just like I actually put the controller down and I thought to myself, I said out loud, like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> like it, it you went so, to outer space and then reality. I'm in outer space. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think the death was interesting. I love when you came back. It wasn't the Monado you were holding, but a weapon made mm-hmm. by the Mechanist. Like, and, and everyone is helping you. 
right? Mm -hmm. I think that's the arrogance with Zanza, this all omnipotent being that thinks that he's predestined to all of these uh, life forms is with himself. So it, it needs to be come back into him in order to reconstruct. But right. in the end, everyone was on Shulk's side and everyone was giving the friendship and love and attention to Shulk. And that's how he got the, the enough power uh, to defeat Sansa. I think, and even with Sansa and, and Eggle too, the villains in this game, even though they were as bad as they can be, they had some level of true motivation that yeah. made sense. With Zanza, and you could tell what what he was trying to do, right? He was trying to make friends. He literally said that. He was like, "I am making beings so I can have enough time to make friends." And I'm like, "This is interesting." It's like <laughs> kind of sad. It's kind of sad too. It's like he's, all... he's so socially awkward too. He'll never make friends like going about life like that. <laughs> yeah, it's like the amount of arrogance in in him, and like he know he was superior too. That was the other part about him. It was like I think the, mm -hmm. the 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 power kind of festered uh, what his his like motivations were, and so I I think yeah that that was pretty good uh, story overall. Yeah, man. Oh my gosh. There's, there's so much to, uh, I mean, the, uh, Malia's brother who I'm failing to remember his name too. There's so many damn characters and so it's been a bit for me. Yeah. Um, his, his journey as well. I think he kind of, he kind of is introduced as like, um, well, he's going to, he's going to lead the Hyantia. He doesn't really know what he's doing, but he honestly, he has a very honorable storyline. Mm -hmm. Um, and even Gadot, who I just, I wanted him to be wiped out of the picture if for no other reason for just Charlotte and Rain mm -hmm. to, to get together. Just like, I'm like, just stop thinking about Gadot. He's he's this like super into himself, like pretentious, mm -hmm. like almost so hero cool. type. Uh, I didn't I didn't like him very much at all. And then at the same time, I kind of felt bad that he ended up uh, getting turned into a, a mindless like he was the one he was the first one where they started to wipe the the memories yes right completely. or they were yeah. supposed to anyways after after fiora was was able to be turned and gado has uh has a great ending mm. like his his sacrifice i thought was like it looked cool number one but he also was able to like let the rest of them live and it was very i think true to his character at least how we'd come to know him mm -hmm. just through stories and everything and also the fact that i was satisfied that he was just now he's gone now he's out of the mm -hmm. picture. Charlotte, it's time for you to move on. Um, Build a life I, in the I, future, you know. I just didn't really feel like they had a connection anyways. It was just like, it was mostly a lack of choice for Charlotte. I, and it's like, he was the tallest uh, guy around. So she just liked him for that. I think it was partially because Gatto was so fixated on defending everyone. Yeah. And like, that was the premise in the beginning of the game with her and her little brother. Is like, they took care of them so much. Maybe mm -hmm. that that bond was there. I like, yeah, and that was a good point. The side characters in this game are also very important. Um, yeah. The the what you mentioned is the brother of Melia and and Gatto. Um, you know the the bald guy in the the ether mine or whatever. He had some level of importance as well. Um, I I think they did a very good job at character development. Whether it's side characters or companions with yourself, with Shulk, as playable or not, and then with like completely different side story characters, um, and and their ending, um, I I don't know what else to say, but it was a great great story. Yeah, man, I I really enjoyed this game. I loved I loved learning more and more about every culture and race, and 
every new character I thought was was really interesting. It never I never felt like, oh, there's another one. Mm-hmm. And there's so many opportunities for that to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, there's another group of these people. And I just never honestly, I got that with the first group. That was where I had it was Dixon and Mumkar was just like, oh, these guys are terrible. I can't. Handle <laughs> I think this they at know all. they were terrible, too. Right. Mm-hmm. They're like, OK, we're setting these characters up. Let's mm-hmm. uh, let's make them unlikable. And yeah, I guess it was sense like Dixon and Mumkar, you know, they turn out to be very bad characters. And then mm-hmm. Dunban, um, I mean, he was fine. He, he was good overall. He was cool. He was, yeah. and, he, and he was very wise, and he kind of, like, he played the old man, which also, I thought he was way older. I don't know how in the how in the world him and Fiora were supposed to be, like, brother and sister. It didn't, it didn't occur <laughs> I, to me I, early I, on. I was, like, father and daughter for a second. Big time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't yeah, understand he, the timelines there. He, he was a very sage character throughout, and uh, Callion is the, is the brother's name for everybody Callian. screaming at us. Yeah. Um, I, thought, I thought he was great. Um, yeah, dude, there's... There's so much to unpack. I feel like we barely even scratched the surface, but mm-hmm. at the same time, it's probably um, it's probably time for us to go <laughs> go about our day. Uh, I had a great time with this. this. I could see myself going back to this mm-hmm. later on. Like, honestly, I, and, I think and I'm gonna play it. the future connected DLC. Yeah, um, yeah, I could see it. There's a lot more. I mean, it, it felt like a lot more. And you start as Melia, right? Uh, so you you don't control Shulk. You can control Shulk if you want, but they mm-hmm. they really push it. It's like, hey, try a different main character uh yeah to to do so very cool i i had a gr- i'm glad i just went a little bit outside of my my normal like gears and halo and what a shooty shoot <laughs> it was a it was a different experience for me i and that's i think playing into a lot of why i enjoyed it because it was definitely a lot of discovery um for gaming for me so i loved it uh i'm glad we got a chance to talk about it a little bit and just have that like you after a game like that you've just got to go like okay we're in space you got to unpack it a little bit so glad we could pair up a bit of a non-spoiler and spoiler conversation to it um let's let's do the whole like podcast thing where you go like where do people find you on the internet oh yeah (laughs) you don't do that we don't do that on shack so i I, i'm throwing off um so you can find me on twitter at blaine explosion and uh i stream sometimes not as much these days but uh at twitch at uh blaine explosion um and again i am with the psvg network and nintendo shack co-host with rebecca and Donnie, so check me out over there, and that's pretty much it. It's the best Nintendo podcast on the internet, oh, uh, says the guy who uh, from his own Nintendo podcast feed. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode of A Second Cup. Bye-bye. See ya.